0: Welcome to Turnbuckles, I'm
1: John Reinman, and my favorite comeback is, I know you are, but what am I? I'm Tommy Rico, and my favorite comeback is, The Jerk Store Called, and it's running out of you.
2: I'm Julie Harrison-Harney, and my favorite comeback is, well, The Jerk Store Called, (laughs) they're running out of you.
0: (laughs) Well, the theme, of course, is comebacks and multiple personalities. So, hey, what do you know? And in short, he's here. It's time for the Bray recap. I'll go first. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and I will shout out as many people as I can think of. Of course, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, AKA Bray Wyatt, AKA the fiend, uh, triple H, of course, Bruce Pritchard, Ed Koski. Um, I'm just trying Ryan Ward. I'm just trying to think everybody that at the top of the chain that probably knew about this. um, and uh, just what a great job they did. Um, you know, I'm sure Stephanie had some role in uh, in terms of uh, branding and everything and getting all that stuff out there um, and just really, really fantastic. And I thought it was perfect where we all knew it was coming, but they really took us right to the ledge of is it not? And, you know, something Julie and I talked about this earlier in the day uh, before extreme uh, before extreme rules. And, you know, day one, Roman Reigns, I mean, granted, this was almost a year ago. So we were in a different stage of everything, but it was during a spike. But Roman Reigns had to miss a pay-per-view when he had COVID, which was quite scary because it was Roman given his health history. But um, just in general, you know, we, we didn't know if things were coming back. Uh, in terms of COVID, and so he he missed the pay-per-view, and I assume that they had to have changed some plans. I mean, I think that there was an angle going on with Paul Heyman being between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and I think that all had to just go away. For I mean, it was a very goofy way. They kind of – but they did what they had to do. Um, but I wondered a little bit at the end. I was like, don't tell me, Bray, something happened, and, like, he didn't get cleared because, as we talked about, that was in Philadelphia, and so if you – send those people packing after all that. Um, It would have been fun. It would have been interesting to watch. I'll say that much. It would have been a different kind of entertaining. Um, But um, I think that the way that everyone knew it was coming and the way they executed it, where it was, everyone says it was perfect, but it kind of wasn't. It was imperfect in a way that you could tell it was under wraps, like those quick cuts to the live action characters We're about 90% there, but not like cinematically perfect, which told me that this was, they were just doing this probably on the fly, or if they'd done it before, they got like one shot at it and they kept with it and WWE production. And, uh, the fact that when that door sat there, I got like, I was watching it by myself and it's like 11, 15, 11, 30. I'm in the woods. So I'm watching it and I did get a little freaked out where I was like, okay, this is a little too much more than I signed up for. Um, and uh, the, the, the pop that Bray Wyatt got, he got two pops. He got one when people saw the lantern and then just, I've never heard, and the only pop I've ever heard on, on televised wrestling before that I've been watching was CM Punk when he came back last year. But this was amazing. they were both amazing because everyone knew it was happening. It was the biggest secret that was already out there. And people still went crazy. Like people weren't ready for how excited they were for it. And I I don't know. I I texted Julie after I said, I feel like a kid watching WWE again. It felt like when The Undertaker would come back or something like that, there'd be some swervy ending where you're just like, oh my God. And just like it gives you a hop in your step. So I thought it was fantastic. A plus. That's my, that's my review.
1: Yeah, to, to tie it back into an older uh, pop from Philadelphia as well, it kind of reminded me of that time The Rock came back in Philadelphia and it was a shot of the Rocky statue outside and then the pan down to The Rock looking up at the statue and then turning and giving the people's eyebrow. Same thing. Same, same people, same city. It was the same type of pop. Um, I'd give it a 9 out of 10... Only because that one point comes off for, I wish the costumes were a little better. And though I thought the entire sequence where they were going through the abandoned uh, haunted Firefly Funhouse, I thought that was great. They could have done a little better as far as it was a little spirit Halloween for me. Spend a little more money on the props, spend a little more money, look at, make it look a little more decrepit, throw some live tarantulas around, do whatever you have to do.
0: Instead of the boss, the actual Vince McMahon. Exactly. Sitting there watching the (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view. But other than that, I'm still in gorilla. It's a different gorilla.
1: I thought it was here. I thought it was brilliantly executed. And I, I thought that it, it was really well shot for that because it was kind of it was multimedia and it went, you know, live action video back and forth. It was it was very, very well done. Seven out of ten for the pay-per-view, nine out of ten for the reveal. And there, and of course, I'm glad that was to all see about Ray the reveal. Back. We were all yeah. we
0: were all that was what made it so great to me is that it still was a very entertaining pay-per-view. It was where, where everyone went on. But I think everyone went on saying, fuck that. I'm not going to just go on and be a side piece here. I'm going to have the match, match. But it's like, that's what you got to do in any walk of life is like whenever you have someone. I mean, Tom, we know in the stand-up world, when someone giant drops in on a stand-up show, everyone there goes, well, whatever bullshit I was going to do is gone. I'm going to do my best stuff because I got to try to keep up with this person. And it's like it felt like that where everyone there was like, I know it's coming at the end of the show. I know what I got to do. And uh, Julie, what did you take home from this?
2: Creatively a masterpiece. I was really impressed that they were able to keep this under wraps and not reveal how this would work. What I really, really like about this is now we have five characters that we have to work at revealing and who are they? And it just unravels that story. And I think that's the right direction to go for this. Now you have, talk about long, long-term booking. Now you have months of being able to reveal who each of these puppets are. And that's so day fun. One.
0: Yeah. That could be the Rumble. That could be as right? far as the Rumble, where they each enter the Rumble. And that's when you kind of figure it. What if that's your final thing in the Rumble where it's Braze in a different match and then it's all the Funhouse gang and, you know, someone in the middle? I'm trying to think of who it probably riddle, someone like that, where he's just kind of cornered and they one by one. You know, this harkens back. Um, Bruce Pritchard told a story on his podcast about. When they had Jerry Lawler got some legal issues, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, in a, <laughs> Julie's, Julie made the face. Uh, so look it up, folks. Uh, but it was in late 1993, and uh, WWE did come clean uh, and say this is why he's not there. So they were uh, they we were talking about that too, too, Julie. How, I'm not going to name the show, but there's a show, certain show on TV right now. It's under some fire for kind of poking fun at others when, man, they're taking on <laughs> some scandalous water themselves. But anyway, um, yeah, it, like WWE even back then was like, hey, it's, it, he, it's a legal thing. He's out, so he's not going to be on the show. And so but the plan was Jerry had these three masked knights at the Survivor Series one year, and they were each going to be unmasked to reveal a different memphis wrestler someone that everyone knew so terry funk was originally there uh i think um i want to say greg valentine was another one and there were like people that incrementally had grudges against bret hart and then the last one was going to be jim neidhart and i've always thought ah shit that would have been amazing because that they had a they did do a good job rewriting the, the, like the finish and the storyline to that match because that's how we got Owen versus Brett. They'd have something at the end of this match. Shawn Michaels took Jerry Lawler's place. It was just three guys. I think Valentine is still one of them, right, Tom? He was. Yeah. So he was still there, but he wasn't unmasked. So it's just these three Knights and Shawn Michaels and they all got eliminated. And uh, they had a good storyline out of it. But I always was like, oh, shit, that would have been amazing to see Neidhart. I think Neidhart was there too, right? according to Bruce or he was around or he, he, he they, may
1: have been, but he wasn't involved in the, he wasn't yeah, a night. They, they realized
0: it wouldn't have worked out. So, um, but ah, that would have been bonkers. Like I remember being like shit, if that happened and they got to it eventually, but yeah, survivor series, Royal Rumble, you get all these events coming up where you can have a whole flock of people in the ring. So that brings us to our next issue, which is who are the characters going to be? Cause that's what everyone's guessing right now. From what I learned in the brief time there was that plans change so frequently that I don't think they know. Uh, I don't think they necessarily know who everyone's supposed to be yet, And they think that's fine. Mm. I think maybe they're going to kind of feel it out. Maybe they have some contenders and some ideas. So I'm not even going to guess. I mean, I think that they're hinting at something with Liv Morgan. However, as I mentioned before, uh, Aaron and Betsy had great. Yes. Uh, Betsy Kelso and Aaron Blissing had mm-hmm. a great storyline lined out for Liv. And this is my so question. I think they're going, back to, yes, yeah, think they're going back to that. Maybe that's what she's doing. Yes. I think they're going back to Yeah. So I think people automatically assuming that's Bray, I'm not even buying that. So I'm just taking myself out of it. I mean, I think Bo Dowell is coming back, but that could be a decoy too. Interesting. They, You know, they're trying to booster that tag team division. Yeah. So
1: I'm just going to throw to you guys. Who do you think everyone's going to be? I'm just going to be surprised. I just want to bring up the easiest one because we've mentioned them on the podcast before. And it's the, the most obvious one as far as uh, the, the way they've presented this character. And I want to talk about it just because his segments on uh, the, the premium live event were great is Dexter Loomis. So Loomis's segments with Miz And gritty the mascot for the Philadelphia flyers during uh, extreme rules were excellent. That's how you do those because it's clear.
0: Ever thought we'd have heard that to me. You know what? That's the crazy reveal. Of this PLE, the <laughs> Dexter Loomis and Gritty, the mascot were tolerable in something. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was so, I mean, uh,
2: first and of all, nothing Gritty, against
0: Dexter Loomis. I mean, like, he's you just don't doing like Gritty.
2: Like, I'm actually more offended about Gritty. I think Gritty is. But if you had amazing. told me, OK,
0: we're going to do a Dexter Loomis Miz thing. I go, oh, no, because like right away, I'm just I feel bad for everybody involved, like, especially Dexter <laughs> Loomis. And then you go, we're going to add Gritty to it. I would just be like. I I would just be like taking out my earbuds and being like, uh, nope. I'll slip so back to this every now and then, and let me know when it's uh, something at the end. But, but you yeah, right. see how great. those
1: see how those segments work. Short and sweet. Make them funny. Mm-hmm. Make them pop. And then gritty. I mean, gritty's not just over like Rover in Philadelphia. He's over everywhere. Everybody. Like gritty is a relatively new mascot. He only came out a few years ago. But it's just it. He has captured. You mean he
0: debuted.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we don't don't know (laughs) a whole lot about Gritty yet. (laughs) Though man, that would be a baby face move. But yeah, would be. That'd be awesome. Gritty is so huge as far as memes, and he's just the design of him is just bonkers and fun, and so it was perfect. And so Dexter Loomis has obviously been—he's been connected to the um, the Mercy the Buzzard puppet because his head keeps popping out of things. It did again on Raw. And so that's Mercy the Buzzard. Mercy pokes know. his head out of a box. So we think Dexter is, but I just I just wanted to you put did, over how you great think those, Dexter is. Possibly. Well, plus Dexter, doesn't he wear kind of Hawaiian shirts like a li- no, you know, he's wearing kind of serial killer gear right now. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> as, <laughs> wait, explain to me what is serial
0: killer gear? Uh, I have, I've not seen that at JCPenney. <laughs> So
1: uh, on the the TV show, on the TV show, Dexter, anytime Dexter went from uh, Dexter Morgan, the uh, blood spatter technologist to uh, Dexter Morgan, the killer, he would always Mm -hmm. wear very kind of drab greens and blacks and like anything that could he could fade into the woodwork with. So, you know, nothing that would stand out. And Loomis has kind of been dressing like that. So, okay, I'd take that back. But as far as what he's doing physically, his mannerisms, yeah, it's Mercy. Though Mercy talks, and so far, Dexter Loomis doesn't, which is also weird. But you have something with the head popping up. Yeah, it just so. keeps happening. So it, it, there's, it, it's not for nothing. There's no way that that's a, a coincidence. But all right, let's hear the list because I want to hear the rest of these
2: three names that I keep seeing a lot. We've got Loomis, yeah, Corbin, which (gasps) some people have said can't be true because you can see Mercy's arms and they have no tattoos.
0: Well, do we think those are the actual, I don't no. think, I don't know if those were the rest. I think I, it was kind of like the retribution where it was like, here, put on this gear and get out there and cause chaos and we'll figure this out later. But
2: I think, I would hope WWE would be, like if you're going to do this long-term booking and this storyline, do you think you should be slightly accurate? That's why I think that Huskiss the pig had sleeves on there is because I think that the person oh. who was in there the actual person who's going to play them has tattoos on his or her mm. arms. So, so Corbin, which may have been debunked. This is the winner, though. This is the one that I'm seeing the most often. Uh, Grayson Waller. Oh, yeah. Who is from mm-hmm. NXT, NXT, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is the name that I hear the most often of who everyone thinks Mercy the Buzzard is going to end up being is him. I don't know anything about him other than he wears a lot of Hawaiian shirts and doesn't have tattoos on his arms.
0: I'm a little disappointed, though, because I did hope that they would just continuously do Ms. and Dexter Loomis forever.
2: (laughs) What? You did not like like that. What are you talking about?
0: I'm at the point now where I'm like, it was so funny the other night. And then we're going to get to the the whole uh, eat the cake segment, which was hilarious. And Dexter Loomis was perfect, and I was like, "Oh, now I now it's like Tom said. Like, I was like, now I get it. Now I like it. But, um, now I got it." Um, and so we go
2: back and forth on this storyline so much.
0: No, but I. But if they just did that nonstop, because Miz, as we know, it could go. He could just take his money and go anywhere at this point. And if they just did a, a full year of like Peter Griffin versus the giant chicken, where it's just Miz and Dexter Loomis repeatedly like a Groundhog Day gimmick. I wouldn't hate it. I would just be like, well,
2: because you know what?
0: That's a very like, I think you should leave sort of gag. That's a very Tim Robbins. And that's something that everyone's into right now. Just a very cerebral dumb thing that has no point. And like, what What does he have to do? Like, like Sean Grandy said when he was on here, he's done everything he can, any role. What if he's just in this weird, like every day is the same
2: Well, Road Dogg booked him, so they're going to have to fight next week. (laughs) So, I don't know. And what are the stipulations? Road making everything better. The stipulations were insane. The stipulations are Loomis is out, which I was like, great, okay, that's a thing. And then he was like... And if you lose, you have to let him pop your balls? I was like,
0: No, what? you have to give him your balls. You have to
2: give him oh give him your balls. I know
0: you said the sound. We're gonna get to this. Julie was at Raw. So when I we was, get to Raw, yeah. we're gonna talk yeah. this. And then the sound was not good. No, it was I, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, I missed a Which lot, cost, I feel like.
0: So that could explain some of yes. this. that's interesting. All right. So Okay, Huskis. Yeah.
2: People are saying Gacy. That's the big someone said KO.
0: I don't think Gacy.
2: You don't, don't so who would it be? Braun?
0: Hmm, no, I don't think it's going to be anyone that's see Gacy. I feel like you could keep him in NXT and do great things because if you take, you know, look, if you make Gacy Huskis, then you cost NXT. Gacy has one of the better storylines going on NXT. I mean, he's like, that's a that's a great angle. And that's such a different enough show that it's not like someone's going to go. Oh, you can't have Bray and the and Joe Gacy. It's, it's, they're two different things. So I think that like he's that version well,
2: and it's a an different influx of college kids who can take Gacy's place. Right, Tommy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from that tryout. After, after they <laughs> recover from their concussions, they're ready to go.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you guys aren't going to believe this rambling rabbit is Dwight Howard. <laughs> he was going to be a hall of famer in basketball, but no, he's a rabbit now. <laughs> well, who is rambling rabbit? What do you think for that?
2: Uh, Ron, uh, Eric Rowan or cross. Or the three I've seen the most.
0: Eric Rowan. Oh, by the way, we got to talk about that.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about it right now. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's do it. All right. So tell tell, tell, Tom, do you want to recap the story? And I'll tell you if I was in
1: the room. I can tell you if it's true or false. Uh, So we heard from Eric Redbeard, formerly Eric Rowan from the uh, WWE. And Eric Redbeard, uh, most recently from AEW, though he's not signed there. He was doing a per appearance for AEW, uh, mentioned that. There was an original plan that did not come to fruition for his caged thing. Uh, It was originally supposed to be a rat. So this is back the infamous
0: Julie. I'm sorry, robotic spider storyline. Because as if there's one thing I always tell people, if you pitch it, they might do it. So this was the robotic spider that Eric Rowan had in his
1: cage, and he says it was supposed to be a rat. And then apparently it had something to do with, I think it was a feud with Seth Rollins that didn't happen or Seth was injured. And so they had to pivot and they pivoted to our co-host Julie's idea, mm. the robotic spider. But what uh, was Seth supposed to do? That I don't know. I think Seth was supposed to stomp the rat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So can we verify all this? Because I was not in the office at the time or ever. That is true. True.
0: That is the exact storyline as it was explained to us. And do you know who came up with that storyline? Vince McMahon. Wow. Well, that was Vince overnight. <laughs> it was one of those things where he went to the gym and then he started his day and had a meeting with uh, Paul Heyman and another senior writer and uh, had this idea. So, to everyone that's like, well, Vince hadn't had a good idea in years. It was like actually a pretty good, subtle way of making Seth slow turn to being a heel to kind of snapping on everybody, which they then had to rush to because of the Vince's other idea, <laughs> the hell of the cell thing. So, you know, it, the ideas did kind of cancel each other out. Well, but and that's, Tom, you know, our Eric, faults, have Eric, I, slash have role? I told you that before, Tom? Have yes, I told you, you that? Yes, yes I have. have. So So Eric,
1: Eric Rowan slash Redbeard seems like a great guy. And I'm glad in shoot interviews, he's dead on because we saw some shoot interviews from somebody else that was full of shit. And we'll talk about that in the raw recap later.
0: But also I want to point out too, that again, have I not kept that under wraps just in case they ever wanted to bring back that storyline? Have I always said, "Eh, I'm not going to tell you until someone else talks about it. Yep. And you could have totally sold that to several outlets. I no, And I, I, every time I've said there, I was supposed to be something else. So I can keep a secret. So no, not, not every kind of secret, not every kind of Vince McMahon secret, but when it comes to storylines, it stays in the vault until they do
1: it or don't. You know what they did with the rat? Uh they Lulu Lulu <laughs> Lu, 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 the Duchess de Derriere uh <laughs> yeah. sent it to Danhausen.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know what happened to the rat?
0: Budget cuts. It was okay. uh April of 2020, and uh anyway. The rat has gone to AEW and is over, from what I've heard. He's on AEW Dark and he wrestles Tractor. That's... And uh you think it's gonna be, but then they team up because it's that tag team where it's Different sizes like we talked about.
2: I remember there were a lot of discussions about what it could be and animals were taken off the table because animals. Please tell me
0: these are real animals Vince had brought into the room (laughs) so that he could go through them and look at them. Take them off the table.
2: I know we could have "Mm gotten to that point. But that was that was the tough thing. Because
0: too silly. Small puppy. Uh, I'm taking you home. You're my friend. Oh, Kittens.
2: Put them on the writing team. That was something that was thrown out is is what if it was super cute? Like this thing. I, would, was I just love the idea
0: of, of Bruce literally bringing in actual uh, events. Uh, the animals are here. Put the horse on the table. But it's a horse. Put him on the table.
2: We did have a ton of fun playing with the robotic spider. I feel like that Eric took so not. much time. I know. You just but took
0: it, the heat off it, of me, my friend. I was know. worrying a little bit about the stuff I said, but now I'm like, mm. you know, it's, I. Eric I, Rowan I, with a wife and kids.
2: I know. <laughs> <I'm> so <laughs> he's done okay. He's <laughs> done fine. It and was he supposed, supposed like he's to more be back. Jaws-esque. The whole thing was supposed to be like a little bit but more. But have you
0: not seen the documentary about making Jaws, about how the shark famously sucked?
2: Yeah, exactly. So my robotic spider sucked. Let's no, shoot you're it. You're not like supposed John. to
0: see that it sucks, though. It's supposed to like die as it's sucking. <laughs> Suck. Man. Speaking of That was either gonna be a DX reference or Mr. Furley from Three's Company was gonna poke his head and go, Oh <laughs> jeez. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gonna die while it's sucking. What? Um anyway. Uh, <laughs> who else do we have left? Abby the Witch. So Alexa,
2: Scarlett, Liv, or Nikki Cross?
0: I like the last one as a dark horse. Yeah. Because uh, Alexa was tweeting out some passive-aggressive sort of cryptic tweets. Kind
2: like of hello shrug friend? emojis. That one?
0: No, just kind of like, no, that one was nice, but then there was like a shrug emoji. And oh. there was stuff where she was like, oh, sort of like, you know. We, we each had friends that were on, like, SNL. Maybe they wouldn't be in an episode. They'd tweet something out. You'd be like, oh, I guess they weren't used this week. And, uh, like, I kind of got the feeling from her that she was like, fuck, I'm not going to be in this now.
2: Oh, got it, got well, it. Well, Nikki and Cross. knows
0: she's married to Ryan Cabrera and everything. So there are complications there that didn't well, exist.
2: Alexa would she's, also she's be the more the obvious figure.
0: Yeah, oh, would, I thought you meant Bray and choice.
2: Ryan Cabrera have heat. No, there, there's a storyline.
0: <laughs> they have heat. Yeah, for but, some reason, Bray Wyatt and singer Ryan Cabrera from the early two thousands will not work together.
1: Well, I I love the Bruce idea. He goes back
0: and forth from the dressing rooms, and he says, "I can't get the guy with the guitar and Bray to fucking get along." We should. And the next thing you know, Bray's future endeavored again. Speaking of guy the with idea. the guitar,
2: Elias is coming back. Sorry.
1: Yes. No, hey, could it. he be somebody? no elias
2: no (laughs) no no more
1: alternate personalities for elias yeah that's it we've already proven that it hasn't gone well let's just end it no i
0: i defend that i think he did a great job i think he did a very good job Had nothing to do with
1: him he was fine no he did a fantastic he took chicken salad
0: out of that stuff that was very
2: i (laughs) reference (laughs) it all the time though because it's happening in real life so really whoever had that storyline brilliant because John Ryanman is Vince Russo. No. I'm just saying. Okay, John, this week again, you're talking we'll about get to late it later. night. We have,
1: okay. yeah. we have a whole segment. We have a whole segment. But as Fine. far, just just to sew it together, uh, I love the idea of Nikki Cross as Abby the Witch. She's my number two choice. My number one choice for Abby the Witch is Corbin. Uh,
2: <laughs> that's,
1: <laughs>
2: okay. Well, oh, I, And The Fiend, I'm... the last one is, oh wait, yeah, The Fiend. That's, that's Bray, but why are people even talking about that? No, 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 it's, it's, I think it's Bo Dallas. No, that's silly. Wait, he's not the fiend. Bray can't be the fiend because that doesn't add up to six.
0: Yes, it does. Two personalities plus four other people. Six.
2: Oh, you're saying Bray is two personalities instead of two separate people. Say they make
0: a reservation at Applebee's. Can you still say six? Or would they say, wait, there's just five and Bray has to keep going to the bathroom and changing his clothes?
2: So, so Bray, is, the, two pe- Bray is, is two Bray is two people, people, is what you're
0: saying. <laughs> that's what it's gonna. That's what it's gonna be by June. We all know that. <laughs> like two months after SummerSlam, it's gonna be <laughs> some kind of no. But what I've heard, but everyone's saying who's six. I'm like Bray is two characters. Oh, okay. I was that was another meeting I was in where Vince oh. just lost his shit over the fact that like I think we kind of got it, but there was people that he kept calling on the phone to tweak things, and I was I, I finally. Kind of spoke up because I knew if someone didn't to agree with him, he was going to just go insane and cancel the whole Firefly Funhouse for that Friday or Monday. Maybe it was. And I just said, yes, he would never he would speak about the fiend in the third person. And he pointed at me he went, exactly it's. Do we not know what multiple personalities are? They don't recognize each other. Mm. Do we, do we like, know what? But I do we think that up, that's
2: still the I case? I actually brought
0: up Lotka from Taxi. And I said, yeah, like, and I, and then Paul kind of looked at me like, what? And because he got, of course, Paul knows every comedy thing. And then Vince went, yes, because he heard the name Andy Kaufman. And he was just like, of course I know he knows Andy Kaufman. And so then it was like, and then he goes, in fact, tell, tell the writer that tell him to think about characters from comedies that have crazy different personalities, movies, things like that. And it was like, and it was made very clear that Bray Wyatt and the fiend are two different characters. So maybe someone else has taken the form of the fiend.
2: Well, because I think it's Bo Dallas, his brother.
0: Maybe, but I think Bray is still going to be the fiend. I think he's Superman, Clark Kent, and then the other okay. four are taken. That's my. I mean, thing. I buy that.
2: Both ways, I think, are great.
0: Because like he's I, he's great as the fiend. You and am saying
2: yeah, I totally. And it's agree. like
0: I don't think you're going to see him like every week. I think that's why the other characters are probably there. That was the big problem with Bray Wyatt and the fiend was that. As Paul explained to us, Vince wanted him to have limited activity on TV. He just wanted him to be doing the fun house. Mm. And so the reason Paul didn't want Bray on Raw was because it was a three-hour show. And his point was, Brock Lesnar, it's actually easier for me to get him to come out and be on TV than it is for me to let get Vince to let The Fiend be on TV. That's not a pay-per-view back then. And he said, so why would I want a top star who I can only use for three minutes a night in a three-hour show? Sure. And I can't book him in a match where Paul's a wrestling guy. Yeah, that's why Bray went to the Fox show where it's a two hour show, with longer commercials and everything, because it's like, OK, he can just do his little shtick and pop up every now and then. But I think that having the extra characters means it doesn't kill. You can just have regular Bray come out. as a scorned man. But every now and then, sort of like Finn Balor would do with the demon, he turns into the fiend like in a special occasion.
1: Well, I I would say this about Bo Dallas. He, he he clearly wasn't in WWE's plans without Bray. So I I love the fact that Bray made sure his brother had something, which is awesome. That's a that's a cool guy and a good family man. But I don't think Bo Dallas is coming back as Bo Dallas. That's a nothing character. That's not there's not much I you can do with that. Sure. So there's there's gonna be a reset with him, and but, I would guess it's Firefly Funhouse related. But also, Bo Dallas had been living a fine life since leaving wrestling he'd
0: grown he had a great he had a good business going he had a very successful farm so it was like
1: you know it's kind of cool for him to come back too. well and he was a very good wrestler the Bo dallas character was just kind of milk toast baby face you know white meat and that just doesn't work anymore it works in nxt because you can work with limited characters there and it's just less tv time and characters are easier to get over on the main roster. You need a little more. And I think that they're going to do more with him.
0: Okay. Next thing is where do we rank this in terms of all time wrestling comebacks? Hmm. I'm just going to lead and say it's not my number one, believe it or not. It's not. Nope.
2: I haven't witnessed many live, so I'm going to say it's my number one.
0: Oh, you mean like live on TV? I was there for the only live one I was ever there for was uh, the Hardy boys. WrestleMania 33. And that
1: was pretty awesome, but not in my top three. Tom, what about you? I'm going to say my number one is Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels coming back from the back injury and from oh, yeah, substance abuse. Is. I mean, that's just the fact that we just not, we never thought we were going to see him in a ring again. And then all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. working as a full-time participant. And one, of, I, I actually prefer his run as HBK 2.0 than most of what he did before. And most of what he did before was brilliant.
0: So he was a different person. So he had all the skills and the character plus, but there was just more except, except for that one SummerSlam match. But you know what?
1: I loved the, that. You know, you
0: know, <laughs> yeah, I disagree I gonna, with you. I love. Yeah. No, I was love, just gonna say, given that, given that other guy's uh, shenanigans over the years, that boy, that sort of turned around, hasn't it? <laughs> Man, that's <laughs> really?
1: that's that footage <laughs> sped up to the sound of yakety sacks is one of <laughs> the all time funniest things you could ever watch. Just if you watch that, someone someone probably still has it up. If you watch Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, sped up with yakety sacks from the Benny Hill Show. It is pure comedy. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Shawn Michaels is my number one. Um, I loved Hollywood Rock. I think that's my number two. When, when Rock came back from his first string of uh, movies being filmed and he came back as a heel, I loved that run. Um, man, I'd, I'd say it's top five. So I, top I five? guess. Top five? Yeah. Wow. I guess. Yeah. I be, well, because it was so anticipated. And the wow. thing is, it was surrounded well, by so much production and so much Gaga and so mu- so many vignettes and QR codes, and so they did build it very, very well, despite it being frustrating at times. So I really did, and en- I did enjoy the reveal. I enjoyed the reveal a lot more. Uh, the one video that I loved was the one that came right before it. Was the I love any time people use eight bit video games as like a uh, a way to to show something like a cartoon. I love that. And they did kind of an eight bit white rabbit uh, jumping through the dark forest and then hopping and digging up a hole with the purple X. And then all of a sudden fire <laughs> just comes out of that hole. And that was the feed your head. Which, and then Which by showed... the way,
2: Finn Balor has a purple X on his.
1: Yes. Roof, if you didn't. Notice. We, we did, we did notice that here at home. Uh, Lorenzo and mm. I, and my son both just noticed like that, that that purple X is also the Finn Balor logo. Interesting. Who knows? Yeah. I'm going to say
0: I loved it in terms of the teamwork and production that went into it. I think it's the best coordinated team and executed team comeback of all time, or where everyone worked together and pulled it off and put a lot of baggage aside to make it work. I think that was cool. Um, On a personal level, though, I still put Punk ahead because it was the emotional weight of someone who'd not been doing it in such a long time. And I think seven years, I think it was for CM Punk that really felt like it it was like, well, we're just getting to the point where the trains, you know, it's just not going to come. And it was pretty amazing. And the fact that he realized, it seemed like he realized how much he loved it as he was giving his return. Like he realized he made the right decision. So it was really emotional for me. It was that thing of, holy cow, this guy has been away for, it, you know, everyone kept comparing it to Michael Jordan because it was in Chicago, but Jordan's only gone for a year and a half. I mean, CM Punk seven years and had done everything else. And was this kind of mythical figure. And it was like, oh my God, he's back. So John, that, I think is,
1: that's, I think that's like the yin and yang of comebacks yeah. because on P, on CM Punk's side, you have the fully human, fully real drama that, coming back to wrestling after all that time. And after all that baggage versus Bray, which was all fantasy, but all magic, all special effects. And they were both executed, I think equally brilliantly. So I, you know yeah. what, I'll put those two in a tie. Cause I love yeah. both. Okay. But you're going to, here's where I lose everybody. Maybe, but I don't care
0: because I stand behind this and I live in the moment. And I remember the feeling of this as a nine year old kid is that still for me, the most, that shit crazy I've ever gone as a wrestling fan was Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania Eight coming back literally out of fucking nowhere like because that was even none of the sheets had anything on that like that was even pre internet and everything but like I used to go you know I used to go like my mom went to the grocery store I'd go into the magazine section I'd read all the dirt sheets and everything no one was talking about him they were all talking about how bad things were and how he was never coming back and we all know this look I think what hurt that the most was just you know someone forgot to give give a cue to papa shango to do the run-in who had never been at wrestlemania before and had to run a football field to get down to the ring and so you don't get that cue and then it's like oh be in the ring all of a sudden and a gimmick people weren't yet that familiar with and you're not wearing your top hat with the smokings because everyone's like is that papa Shango like that made it he looked like
1: he had just come out of the bathroom
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's what happened, but like, <laughs> yeah, it really did. So there was, you know, I don't think the refs had earpieces pieces back then. So I think that, that, I think, was it Earl or was it uh, Joey Morella? I don't know who's, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Think it was so Earl. there was a definite, there was no communication. And like I said, you're in the dome. So it's just like, well, shit, literally, maybe. <laughs> um, but he, uh, so that was weird. And uh, it, then the cue, they were, that was a, the camera I remember was like facing, but it was still that amazing shot that they got of like the, after the music. And as a kid, you're so in the moment of like, what's going on. You don't write in them. You're just like, I know that song from something. And then all of a sudden that wide shot from behind of the warrior running down the aisle, that's now become this gif. And my first day at WWE, when I got a welcome email from Dana, who's ultimate warriors wife, I said, that's like the highlight of my childhood. And it's, that's still my favorite return because it, still worked even with all like, God, just imagine being Vincent warrior backstage, like putting all that aside. And then the then the whole finish gets botched and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> like what the F do we do now? And it was like, it still worked. And the place still went nuts. Crowd and still popped. Bo- yep. And then gorilla and Bobby on commentary selling that it was just, just to this day. I'm just, I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. Like when that happened. And so, That'll always be my number one. But, you know, I I saw all the videos of the fans, uh, kids in particular, like crying when Bray came back, just like adults were doing with CM Punk. That's another angle, too, is that I feel like kids loved Bray because of the character. And in their mind, a year is a really long time. And it is. It can be, depending on what you're going through. I think adults, because of our age, Punk's more our generation. And but we get the passage of time. So I feel like for adults, punk is the better comeback. Cause you're just like, it's something you've grown to accept will never happen happens. And then Bray, it was just that the magic of perfectly it's Halloween and a year later, he's back. And so, you know, you know what? what? I love seeing those videos of the fans reacting and I loved seeing Bray Wyatt go on Twitter and tweet back to them and retweet a couple of them. I mean, that just, that was really cool. So you know
1: who, you know who Bray Wyatt represents to children he is the horror movie that your parents will let you watch yep that's why they love him because it's like it's ghostbusters a little darker than maybe the other characters on the program your parents will let you watch wwe it's scary it's weird but it's cool and like my son totally digs bray wyatt and julie's got a great story from the, the live event that she went to well let's get right to it then it's time for the raw recap
3: raw recap
1: Bray
0: was, you'd think, going to show up at Raw riding all that momentum. I certainly thought so. So that's why I took a nap in the middle of the day so I could watch it and still get up in time to do my show. I'll be on the air at 6 a.m. and um, no Bray. So, but I didn't spend a lot of money to go to the show like a lot of people did. And uh, oof. Julie, how was it? You went to, this is your second event. You're like is our on, on the ground person here.
2: I am. I, I had to do equal time. I did go to AEW yes. and saw an event. So, you know, WWE was in town. I got to go. And did you expect Bray there. to be there? Yeah, definitely. Everyone expected Bray to be there.
1: I heard that the event was about 60, 65% before the thought that Bray was going. And then after people thought Bray was going to be there, it drove ticket sales. Did it look sold out?
2: It definitely was sold out for sure. Okay. The, the entire stadium was packed up until the last hour. That's when some people started exiting. Not in masses. I just think there are, unlike AEW. Oh,
0: people were leaving before it was over?
2: Yeah. Unlike AEW. There, well, there are a lot of little kids. Oh, and, and they
0: were the ones were there to see. Bray, and they were
2: so probably. tired, like you. They, oh. they they were just getting. It, Ten o'clock is late, and then you yeah, have to is. go home. all day, and they
1: have school the next day.
0: Yeah, I,
2: there was that moment, which, by the way, didn't unfortunately translate in. How come? We didn't really know what was going on. We we all took the cue of something's happening. Let's get out our phone flashlights and turn those on. But the audio quality. In stadium was really bad, so when the video was playing, we just didn't really know what it was saying or what was happening. It it almost looked like the static on your TV wasn't connected; the the wrong source was on. So we were just like, okay, (laughs) something, you know, like okay. And we all knew that maybe this was it. And then Bobby Lashley comes up, and we all kind of look at each other. We're like, okay, was that it? All right. Sounds good. It was a bummer and it's OK. It, I mean, it is what it is. Storytelling. You can do whatever you want. Have that. I didn't get to I didn't follow up. Was there a clue in that video that I couldn't yeah, hear?
0: He's coming on Friday to Smackdown and then they've got but they had to go out and announce it because not enough people figured out what was going on.
1: Do you guys like the Guy Fox mask? This so this new Bray Wyatt mask kind of looks like a little bit Doctor Doom, a little bit Man in the Iron Mask, a
2: little bit Guy bit Someone Guy had Fox. bad plastic surgery one too many <laughs> yeah. times. Uh,
0: I I you know what? Um, I don't. I'm I'm indifferent. It's not the fiend mask by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's not. But it that makes me wonder Vendetta, how, Right?
2: Is that what you said? Yeah, Tommy? it makes me yes. wonder how
0: often he's going to use it. Really, because like I kind of like. I could see this as a good opportunity to kind of do like WCW tried to do with, uh, Dustin Rhodes, where he just kind of comes out as a man scoring. That's tired of his gimmicks. And he's just like, I'm tired of this, you know, hopefully pocus. it's not the
1: shock master.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, but, uh, you just have to get that in there, man. Yeah. Just man. Fred Otten is just sitting at home doing nothing, just running his really successful construction company. And you just got to burn him for no reason. Uncle Fred. Anyway, uh, no, I, I don't know if he's can use that match. I think it's okay, but here's, here's the next thing I want to bring up is that I said Julie texted me because I thought the perfect way and we're going get into why I'm gonna, this is going to backfire on me, but I thought the perfect way to use him was take out DX. Yeah. you know who I else that, had
2: that idea? <sighs> you guys are the Vince, same. I'm sorry. Vince
0: Russo, who's not me? Vince Russo said that, but I said that I, I saw that advertised and then we had the last set. They had a seg 16 and I was like, well, there you go. This is what's going to be. You're going to have your, your good. And then it got down to like, like ten fifty eight. I was like, perfect. You still got two minutes. You still got 90 seconds. All you need is a minute here. And then it was going to a rerun of uh, that guy that's in jail. Cause he cheated on his taxes, grizzly, whatever, Chrisley, whatever. It's something like that on USA.
1: Uh, but anyway, like, oh, hang on one second. So the, there was audio. It was muddled at home too. And I didn't quite understand it, but uh, WWE tweeted the video. The words that Bray Wyatt said were revel in what you are. And he just said it over and over again, like five times.
0: Wasn't I couldn't even the really get poster? that.
2: That was, yeah, it was, I I was a, it was
1: bad on TV too. Then
0: yeah. cause I didn't, I couldn't figure out what he it was, was
1: supposed it. to be. I mean, it was distorted audio. It was meant to let, you know, like he was breaking into the feed. Okay,
0: so here's my next question. Julie, you were saying all night from when you were there that for the crowd, long story short, and we'll get into whose fault it was or wasn't, but the crowd's kind of dead, right? The crowd is pretty out of it.
2: Okay, so R-Truth main event does a great job hyping everyone up. We are excited. We're coming off Extreme Rules. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. R-Truth has this great tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, Where you know he does the chair fake out. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. The "What's Up" song is playing. He does a he does an excellent job. Um, then the first who comes out, the first person who comes out, it's the bloodline with Sammy Zayn. Sammy is working overtime. If you go to our TikTok account, I put a video of him off camera going hundred and ten percent. He and I. Dance the same after I've had six beers.
1: <laughs>
2: That's true. Just...
0: I have had lunch with Julie, and that is accurate. Um, <laughs> like, what made it turn?
2: So, Riddle coming out lost a little momentum. I'm not saying it's completely Riddle's fault by any means, but once Riddle came out, we were sort of like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, the tide has turned on him.
1: That yeah. like I think that the personal stuff getting out there into into the uh, backfired. Yeah, uh, people yeah. don't feel the same way about him anymore. He lost again a lot another of that baby Dustin face Rhodes shine.
0: comparison, just like Dustin Rhodes at the end of nineteen ninety seven, where it got a little, people were like, they, they were, "Oh, this will get him heat." Yeah, goddamn right it
1: did. <laughs> but it's it's, it's weird like, because it doesn't feel like WWE knows that yet. Like he mm. he kind of needs to be depushed right now. He kind of needs to go back to the mid card because. They need to. He needs to lay low for a bit. It, he can't well, be at the top of the card anymore as a babyface anyway. All right, we saw our
0: worlds worlds collide. Julie and I did because Riddle was on the Tonight Show. I guess oh, over yeah, the summer, right? Yeah, he, yeah. And Jimmy barely gave him any. Like he, he gave him like eight seconds of screen time, and then he was the curtain closed. So there's even in even there there seemed to be a reluctance to really go. And I think it was as things were kind of being aired out. So yeah, I feel like they may have. But at the same time, Randy Orton comes back and those two emerge as a tag team. That could save everything. But here's why I bring that up. is There is a story, I don't know if this is true or not, and um, my feeling is maybe not, but there was a rumor back in 2000 that Undertaker was ready to come back as the American badass a little bit sooner, and the show they were going to do it on, the crowd was dead, and Vince called an audible and said, we're not going to do it. And I don't know if that specific instance is true, but Julie, you know how shows can get rewritten while the show while is the going shows, on.
2: Absolutely, they can, 100%. And that happens
0: at every show. By it, the way, any live TV show, there's going to be something where you're like, what the fuck, we didn't do this? And then it's like, yeah, especially because... Especially at blank, WWE. Blank, blank, <laughs> like. Right, but any kind of live comedy yes. or variety show, it's things get cut. And then you're just like, what happened to that? And then you're bad, and then you think about it. you go, oh, yeah. And so there's a story of The Undertaker was supposed to come back on TV to build to the pay per view, he came back to came back at which I loved, except for the weird. Again, another weird botched finish because they're using a, a clock, but um, the crowd was dead. And Vince said, "We're not going to waste him on this crowd." And so I wonder if we know we know Triple H is a smart guy, and so in addition to doing things quote differently, there's a lot of stuff that worked that Vince did that obviously Triple H has taken with him, and I wonder if he just said. This crowds we lost this crowd already. And for whatever reason, maybe yeah. we fucked up or said, fuck them, like some people do. And then just said, we're not going to do this tonight. We're not going to build to Friday. We already have the rating. We already have their money. Pun it. Yeah, do it but they Friday. had the
2: pre-produced video ready to go. I think that, I but think that was, it was no, d- it
0: was the same video they've had online. They just showed like the YouTube video that they put up. Mm. Which felt very last minute placeholderish to me. It's like on SNL when you see a commercial you've already seen that season, a commercial parody. At like you know, at twelve fifty six on Saturday Night Live when they show like you know, like oh, I've seen this fake jeans ad before. It's because Lauren decides the sketch doesn't have it. Mm. Like we're just not going to do it. And so I wonder if that's what happened. I thought he was at least going to come out after the cameras went down. Yeah. So that to do something for you guys.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know, but like for TV, I feel like they were just like. Because that DX segment was funny, but it did feel like well, they it didn't was put building anyone to something. Over.
2: Yeah, I think no, I was yeah, like, it was have building, a reunion. So I was like, oh, this is going
0: to set somebody yeah. up really good. And, and I even liked didn't. the
2: idea of like the Judgment Day or like put someone. Oh, if you're going to have this weird reunion where these old guys are saying suck it on television, do it. For someone else, pay it forward, make it like, I don't know. I yeah, want
0: the more, you know, Logan, uh, slogan to come across. Well,
1: the only one of DX that can actually still take a bump is in the other company because like Triple H can't take a bump. Nope. Uh, I think that X-Pac is recovering from surgery. I don't think he can take a bump right he now. He looks great, though. Oh, no. Yeah, he's in yeah. fantastic shape, but he's recovering from surgery. And then uh, we just by looking at him, you know, road dog can't take a bump. And nobody wants Shawn Michaels to take a pump right now. By the way, super happy to see Shawn Michaels. One of my all-time he was favorites. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. By he the way, was, Shawn was Michaels was like vintage Shawn Michaels yeah. and better. Like, but it was just like
2: he got he got a cheer. He was the one who got the loudest pop, without a doubt, in in the crowd. And they also anything. did say Billy Gunn's name when they did. Yeah, they did. They did. They let
1: the crowd do it for them. Yeah. But and also, China got her flowers, not an ovation. But China from, did get her flowers from X-Pac, which I loved. I was yep. so happy that yeah. X-Pac did that. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, when the conversation came up, he was the one that insisted. Um, but I the did, commentary,
0: I, uh, the time oh, yeah. I were subject to. I didn't get to. to hear
2: commentary. How was commentary?
0: It started out, I thought, okay. I was optimistic. And then as it seemed like uh, it bled into whose play-by-play and whose color you know what's funny is that someone posted on Twitter. I have to go look up who they are, but um, someone posted on Twitter a, a bunch of uh, like a supercut of Bobby and Gorilla. Cause we all talk about how great Bobby and Gorilla were on uh, commentary back in the day. But then he posted a supercut where they're kind of saying the same thing over and over. His name is uh, Joe Marada, it's at the Joe Marada. And it was Gorilla and Bobby being awesome. That's the name of the series. But it's just over and over. Will you stop? Will you stop? Get out of here. Will you stop? Get out of here. What? What? And it's just the same back and forth. And so at the time, we thought it was good. But for a three-hour show where you're kind of expecting a thing that doesn't come, it felt very like, who's leading here? Who's commentary and then it felt like Corey was being fed lines because I was like, "There's no way Corey's really organically saying this very like B or C level Lawler material stuff that's not Corey Graves ask." So to me, it was just like, "Okay, it's better." And also, at least they both seem
1: happy to be there, unlike Jimmy Smith. Apparently, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm I'm gonna put over Kevin Patrick because he was better than I expected. I didn't yeah, really have think much it's just gonna work with him. We only know we only knew him as kind of like the kamikaze backstage interviewer who would just jump <laughs> out jump out of dark corners and yell. Not people. like Kayla though. No, Kayla, but, Paul Heyman. That's I
0: mean that's well, one of my just, favorites.
2: Yeah, the
1: two things I want. I just want
0: a nonstop loop for ten minutes every of Loomis and Miz and Kayla and Heyman. Just do, just take turns, cut back and forth. That's my TikTok. That's my wrestling right there.
1: With Kevin Patrick, it felt like they were like, okay, let's do Kayla and uh and Heyman, but you're Kayla and everyone else in the world is Heyman. <laughs> they just <laughs> have him jump out at everybody. But so Kevin Patrick had a nice style. Um, he doesn't search for words very much, which is great. I mean, you need to be really quick on the fly. That's a job that I wouldn't want because it's just constant stream of consciousness. You're you're not really allowed much room for error. Or stutters or pregnant pauses. None. The problem with uh, the commentary team right now is that it's being led by a heel in Graves, and I think I just don't think that works. But also, Graves was like switching back and forth from heel to face. It was there was no continuity in the things that Graves was saying. Yeah, Graves is polished and Graves can do the job. We know that, but he's so much better working off a of coal. He's having he's going to have a hard time to be the lead on this team i am glad it's not a three-person booth and i am thrilled that jimmy smith is no longer employed by the company i know we have a former guest that is good friends with him and i don't want to bury him too much except for the fact that jimmy smith did some shoot interviews on his way out the door of being released from the commentary team at wwe where he just kind of buried wwe performers and put over MMA performers. And it's like, dude, that's why you weren't good at the job. You never understood the job. He mentioned that Roman Reigns is, quote unquote, like just a guy with muscles. Like, All right. First of all, if you want to go fight a member of the Anawaii family, have at it, Haas. Go right ahead. I'm sure I'm sure he's going to be an easy uh, win for you. Come on. Come come off of that shit. Look, wrestlers are all tough. Because that job is super tough. But he just wasn't Roman Reigns it. a
0: football player too. Wasn't he? Yes. Didn't he play
1: like get drafted in the NFL
0: and everything? So yes. you can't Roman Reigns can't fight the football player?
1: Yeah. But and so champion that's the, wrestler? Okay. he clearly was an MMA guy through and through. He was a Dana White guy. He didn't want to be there, but I'm sure WWE put a, a nice paycheck to with his name on it. And he just comes out and his guns ablaze. And it's like, dude, you should know why you you don't have the job anymore. You should have listened to why you don't have the job anymore. It he felt very, he got and, worse as weeks went on.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, we have, I have a couple people who are friends with and people that I'm fortunate to be friendly with who are friends with Jimmy Smith and I've heard nothing but good things. And it just seemed very odd. It was like a real life heel turn where it was like, Oh, when he kind of came out, it's kind of like when a, a candidate's getting very desperate at the end of a race and they start smearing somebody that's what it felt like to me. So but it was to me, just it, ma- like, it
1: made it super clear as to why he was not good at his job. He just didn't get it. He doesn't, he didn't understand he didn't what seriously. his job was and he didn't take it seriously.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have to say that like, yeah, I mean, but I got to own up to that too. Is that I feel like when I, I feel like when I was at WWE, like there were times where I wasn't as focused as I could have been, but I think it's because of like what you just said with Jimmy Smith, I was lost. Like, it was just like, it was just, this isn't, this isn't my gig. And, uh, you know, um, well, but just, despite um, your,
1: your many challenges during you, during the time you were there and afterwards, you've never buried the company. Yeah. You've had criticisms of the product, but that's our job here. So it's, but you've no, never like publicly they were, buried the job. And, and I mean, Jimmy Smith basically just doesn't know. They're wrestlers. To me. They,
0: yeah. They were great. Like they, I had still a lot of stuff going on and they, they put me to work. You know, I've said that before. That like, it's just so why it's been such a weird year in terms of being a fan and a you know, a brief employee, but longtime collaborator. Because whenever they'd come on late night, I was the guy that would it would be either myself or David Young or the both of us. And um, it was weird because like there were so many days where I was like, if I could go in there and hold my own and get a de- and get an idea approved by Vince McMahon. I, you know, I can survive other stuff that's going on. And so it was really, you know, there's some people that are delighted to see events go, but that's why it was kind of tough. Cause so I was like, as a fan, yeah, I guess make things better, but I also think of the guy that would kind of scowl at me. And then I'd say something and go, mm. and it was like, it's all I needed. Like it made you feel like a human again. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like they gave Jimmy Smith so much rope, but as, as Paul Heyman advised me when it came to my personal life, sometimes you give someone a lot of rope and you see what they do with it. And either well, they make a lasso or a noose. You know what upset he, me the most? He made the a most, big fucking noose. Yeah.
1: You know what upset me the most is that there are so many wrestling fans. There are so many wrestling podcasts. There are so many former wrestlers no, that can, that the can talk. One. There are so many people out there in the wrestling universe that, would have desperately wanted that job and probably could Tom's have done pointing that job
0: right now. You guys can't see. He has an arrow he bought for his home behind him, pointing at him. I'm doing the he just came D. on
1: no, yeah. There's so many people that could have done that job and he just seemed so damn ungrateful for it. That was what was so grating about listening to the shoot interview was it was just he just didn't get it. And and that's why I don't take the gig look,
0: if you think you're or or walk away from it or have the mutual decision. Have that me- meeting. You know, I've talked about before I had a meeting with Dave Kapoor. Where I was like, yeah, what do we think? And, you know, it was like a two week feel out process sort of towards the end. And it sounds like Jimmy Smith didn't do that. And it's just like if you and he has a much more powerful position. He's an on screen talent. And it's like, dude, if you get to this thing point where you're like man this isn't for me go have that meeting but the way he's painting it like he was torpedoed it's like well okay you know now that you've been torpedoed or sandbagged like you're saying and now you're coming out and you're saying all this stuff I get why you were sandbagged you know what I'm saying where you're like it's not making things better I mean, we've all been like, I've, I think everyone's been been through that at a job at some point, where like you think it's going great or you think it's going fine, and then it isn't. And but like, how could you, how how can you be surprised they're letting you go, and also say it was sucks and you, you didn't want to be there anyway? I don't know. Before we go, Julie wanted to talk about Seth Rollins, so someone who very much definitely wants to be there.
2: So Brock came out, which was a big surprise. And the audience was really excited (laughs) and thrilled that uh, Brock was there and had that moment. Uh, But when they went to commercial break, where I guess Bobby Lashley was on the ground suffering from what Brock had done, um, they started singing Seth Rollins' song. Uh, and a, during commercial break, because people before had thought, he was even
0: brought into the before he was knew.
2: yeah
1: that's amazing. Two things I want to mention about Seth. So on the uh, on the Extreme Rules Premium Live event, he had a match against Riddle in the Fight Pit, which I just want to say I hate the Fight Pit. I hope they never do it again. Supposedly it's the opposite, and they want to do it all the time now. I, I can't stand it. The Fight Pit is basically a two tiered cage that's closed at the top. So you can't get out. There's no escape, but it has a balcony. That is a huge logical lapse where it's. So if you climb to the balcony and so Seth had riddle on the balcony and gave him a buckle bomb, which number one, there's no buckles. It was just into the corner of the cage. But if you're a heel and you can power bomb somebody into the shadow realm <laughs> off the balcony, into the middle of the ring yeah, you'd probably kill them, but still. Yeah. But it, no, like, but you're going go down you with do them, that? though. Because it's physics. You would Wait. go down with them. So though. then toss them. Just toss them. You can't. Them off. But
0: no. If no you look at the way they stood up. They're, the height difference is not great enough. I mean, Whatever. they've even talked about this before that Undertaker, you know that, and that story, right? Yeah. You've heard like Bruce and JR and all those guys tell that story. I've heard Bruce tell it firsthand, which is how Undertaker was supposed to go through the cage. With Mick, right? They had yeah. it like, or, or or they were, or
1: Mick was not supposed
0: to go through. No, the cage. he
1: wasn't supposed to go through.
0: And then they had it set up so that they were going it was gonna go down. They were both gonna kind of work their way down. Yeah. And so when Mick went through, had Undertaker gone down with him? Yep. Julie's covering her face, and yeah, that's the exact reaction. It's yeah. like no one ever finishes the sentence.
2: Is that no. the one where his son and daughter were in the audience? No, no. <laughs> no that that no, isn't the even one. Not that
0: one. No, yeah. no, we're talking the Hell in the Cell where right. Mick went flying off the cage and then everyone thought he died going through the table but he was actually like that was planned and they had talked about that for weeks what was not planned was dropping directly
1: with no arc dropping yeah. s- straight down and that hurt Mick the... worse that knocked him out
0: oh he, way worse and, and knocked, the under- knocked undertaker, a tooth into his
1: nas- nasal cavity
0: and undertaker had a broken ankle and so that was and like, and so Undertaker said, had he not had that broken ankle that slowed him down on that chokeslam and he, they never finished the sentence because it's like, well, what? And it's just like, they just they're like, you know, well, John, I like, think
1: you're misinterpreting what I'm saying, though. I don't want anybody to powerbomb someone off the balcony. But you're just of saying my logic. Of I it. just Why don't. It's, it's ridiculous. Because don't I, have that balcony. It's stupid. At least
0: get. I agree with you there. There should have at least been some hesitation where he thinks about it. He kind of looks over and says, should I do it? And then you could sell, you know, it's so interesting. You bring that up is that was something that came up a lot in production meetings was just little physical. Cause Seth's great at that. Seth is great at the little physical acting, the little facial expression, the little tick, the little hesitation that tells the story of, should I do this or shouldn't I? And that was something that, but it always gets taken for granted. And he's so caught up in the moment that he, they, you know, he's not going to go off script. And so it's like someone, and, you know, since I wasn't getting to on, I was usually the one that was like, Hey, wait a minute. Shouldn't Seth hesitate and then get back in the ring here. And then Vince be like, Oh yeah, we should do that. Goddamn. Why didn't, you know? And it was always like, cause we always took it for granted that, that would, he would do that, but you never know. You need to have that in there. So the camera gets them doing that. and. um I agree with you. Yeah. I, mean, well, my, Seth I disagree, makes, but now that I think about it, he could have done like a, should I, can I, where he gets him up and kind of does. Cause yeah, in terms of physics, they both go down and die. That's what happens if he does that right. move, but you need to show him realizing that and saying, ah, fuck, I'm going to throw him in the corner instead. And then
1: it's a badly designed match. I, yeah. but I will say, so Seth is somebody that makes everything work, including a lot of bad booking lately. I hated that riddle went over him in the fight pit. Uh, I thought that there were a, n- a number of ways that you could have had that go the other way. And but I didn't think the reason no, why, though, Seth.
2: the reason why is because I think something's happening with Seth. Did you guys see his Twitter? I think they're oh, yeah, adjusting characters out. there. So I think the reason he lost was because it's good to adjust. Sorry, Tommy, didn't mean well, to interrupt. Un-
1: well, and then the, the other thing, did you see the web exclusive with uh, Seth?
2: I, so, mean, so, I no. saw the Liv Morgan web exclusive, which I thought was great which made me think of Betsy and Aaron. I didn't. I have mm -hmm. to go check this out now. What was it?
1: So when Seth won the U S championship from Bobby Lashley, he was interviewed backstage. And again, I don't know whether this was Seth on the fly or whether this was planned, but I, I I have a feeling it was Seth because it seemed in character and it seemed the perfect way to, uh, like offset bad booking. He basically said, yeah, I wasn't going to go all out in the fight pit because I had a match against Bobby Lashley for the U.S. championship on Monday. Why would I go all out in that match? So he basically threw it was like, yeah, I didn't care about that match. I cared about winning this title and I won it. And I thought it was a brilliant way of getting a little bit of steam back from the loss against Riddle. Uh, He's just a super smart guy. He understands his character yeah, you know, I have the occasional problems with the cackles and, and some of his promo work, but it's gotten a lot better lately. Occasional, all, Tom. Always gold in the ring. Always gold. In the ring. For Corbin, he'd be your arch nemesis. <laughs> no, I I mean, I've been. Let gotcha. me tell you
0: all the Let me tell you all the jokes Tom's told. I can cause I remember them. That it sounds like he has five theme songs. This theme song sounds like Guitar Center on a Saturday that it looks like he killed uh, Elmo and wore him to work. But but you like him, though.
2: I that I was Foley that you who made that last joke. No, he it, said know. it was
0: Cl- he said it was Clifford. Oh, Clifford. That's right. That's
1: yeah. right. Yeah. I, I did I didn't care for his outfit that looked like one of the Brady Bunch uh, band members. Last I don't week. But this is that,
2: fashion. You okay. hey anyway, gentlemen. Anyway, it was a yeah. volume shirt. Okay, is anyway. Seth Seth did I read something that Seth was trying to drop the freaking to Vince before Vince left? Like I, I don't know yes. how much how much he loves this iteration of himself is what yeah, he feel. was interviewed
1: and said he did it was too much like it was just the three like the you know the rule of threes it's it's just too much for a name
2: okay maybe it's, it's a just fun, the name then i don't know it's I'd, a fun
1: one-off nickname
0: but no. i don't know that it needs to be in your graphic or your talk show intro here he comes everybody seth freaking rollins <laughs> yeah you can get rid of freaking um anyway if you guys all want to see before we go off in a fashion tangent Uh, of course the the fiends coming back or Bray Wyatt. We know Bray Wyatt's going to be there on SmackDown this Friday night at 8 PM on Fox. And then we'll see who shows up next Monday night on Monday night, raw 8 PM on USA. And if you want to see how AEW counters, they're on tonight, eight o'clock on TBS. And they're on again on Friday, 10 o'clock on TNT. And I can't believe we're doing this again but it is time once again, three weeks in a row for is John Vince Russo. Now, okay, I know a little bit about this and I'm nervous already because I did this to myself from what I've been told might be brought up. So we know there's a comparison that Vince Russo and I may have pointed out some things online about wrestling and similar ideas. There's the fact that Personally, we're very similar in certain ways. And I forgot about this segment when I had a Vince Russo moment the other day. And I forgot to go take it down. Because I mean it. I mean what I said. But I forgot that we were doing, that there was still this conspiracy theory that I'm Vince Russo. So, Julie, do you want to just get right to why I'm Vince Russo?
2: An article came out. Uh, Mm -hmm. New York Times, I believe, talking about late night and Mm -hmm. how it's struggling at the moment. And John had a Twitter thread about about why that was wrong. Yeah. And I I just want to say that is something that Vince Russo commonly does.
0: It was uncharacteristic for me. I'm not a big other uh, unless I'm bored at a children's birthday party and a pretend journalist wants to call me dumb over and over again, because that's how you prove you're smart. You just say dumb 50 times in a row and then and then block everybody and delete your shit. But anyway, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm not a big tweeter, but yeah, like set me in a mood. Maybe it's the full moon. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, my gosh. Maybe bro. I'm a where Russo.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Because I tell you, the, the gist of this article was how it re, uh, late night's over and can't be saved. And I got pissed. And then, like, I was like, I looked at it later and I was like, oh, no, if anyone sees this, they're going to be like, oh, and people did. And uh, yeah, and I just left it because I was like, well, fuck, it's too late. People have already taken screen grabs. So, um, yeah, I just basically said that if you you know what? This is what I'm not Vince Russo, but you know what? Here's here's why maybe I am is that (laughs) is that I give a shit and he gives a shit. And whether you like him or not, Jim Cornette gives a shit. And whether you liked him or not, when he was out with the company, Bruce gives a shit. People give a shit. And I like people that give a shit. And I didn't like in this article the tenor of people saying, well, it's too late. It can't be saved. And then I say, then get out. Like, if it's not for you. So, you know what? That's why. I, what is it? Russo Brand? Is that his thing? Maybe mm-hmm. I'm Russo Brand. And maybe he's Rhineman Brand. Because I, I give a shit Ryan and Mania? I respect. Yeah. Maybe he's a Rhinemaniac. Because I, I game, respect, game. Give a shit, respect, give a shit. So, yeah. I don't know. But I think that, you know, if, there was, if he was here somehow, I'm, maybe he'd have more to say about it, but whatever. We also
1: had very similar feelings on how Raw should have closed last night. To you, yeah.
2: Well, of course, because they're the same person.
1: Okay, you know what? Good episode. That was a good episode, everybody. It was
2: absolutely.
0: Julie.
2: Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Please subscribe, review, and give us a nice five star rating.
0: Hey, let the writers dress like writers. I saw suits. I saw dress shoes. Not cool. And make sure you tick our talk. We're at Turnbuckles Pod on TikTok at Turnbuckles Pod. On Instagram and at TurnbucklesPod on Twitter. And YouTube, right? We have a YouTube channel. We do. So there you go. Tom, take us home like you always do.
3: See ya, Buckle. Yo, Julie, it is Vince Russo. The Vince Russo. The one and only Vince Russo. Now, Julie... Julie, let me assure you, bro, there have been others that have been compared to me. But first of all, bro, look at my good looks. I'm going to be 62 years old in January. Look at my good looks. That's number one. Number two, my creativity, my brain. That can't be matched by anyone. Now, there is one guy that comes close. And that is your co-host, John. Make no bones about it. Good looking guy, not quite as handsome as I. Creative, not afraid to speak his mind, not afraid to tell the truth, not afraid to get himself in trouble. These are all traits of the great John Ryman. But make no bones about it, Julie. He is not me. I am not him, but he seems like an outstanding individual. I would keep him on, Julie, as my co-host. This John character may be an imposter, but I think he's got money written all over him.